What's going on, y'all? It's Jared and Lanyard Tech doing another Lanyard Legends podcast. And today we're going to be interviewing Tyrone E. Wilson, founder and president of Cover Six Solutions. Uh, it's a highly great cybersecurity firm based out of Virginia in the DMV area in DC, around DC. If people are not familiar with DMV, um, thank you for joining us, Mr. Tyrone Wilson. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you. So, uh, can you give a little brief bio about yourself? Uh, sure thing. I am Tyron Wilson, the founder and president of Cover Six Solutions. Um, Cover Six is essentially a two-headed monster. So, first, we're an information security services and training company, um, where we also provide staffing and recruiting services. And one of the ways that we can do that is because about uh, what was it, seven, eight years ago, we started a meetup group called the DC Cybersecurity Professionals. So I also organized that meetup group at 7,500 members. We are the largest cybersecurity meetup group in the country. I joined the military right out of high school. So two deployments, I've been able to obtain the skills that most of the skills that I have now, meet a lot of the great, meet a lot of the great people that I know, um, establish some great relationships just because of my time um, in the military, I've been in the military ever since. So my entire adult life, still over 20 years. Uh, I recently was able to finally um, get my degree, get my bachelor's okay. a couple, couple summers ago. Um, I have a few certs, um, CCNA Security, uh, Network Plus, Security Plus, CEH. I'm currently training for my OSCP. As we speak, yeah, so I heard, we'll, I heard we'll, that's difficult, so right there. Yeah, we'll see in about thirty or forty days. I've taken it twice, okay. so I'm just gonna knock it out this third time. Okay, cool. All right. Well, what pushed you in the technology arena? Um, you know, it was something that I always knew I wanted to do. When I joined the military, you know, I took the exam. My options for jobs were pretty much unlimited due to my scores. Then I took another test. Um, it was the colorblind test. They realized I was colorblind. So okay. my, my recruiter after that test came back with two options. Um, one was a laundry bat specialist. The other was a radio operator maintainer. I knew that I wanted to do something in tech before that all started. So I, I chose to be a radio operator maintainer. But um, all of my military units did not have, well, they did use communications, but the only time we used it was for convoys. And this was back in 1996, 97, 98. So Windows 95 was big back then. So essentially the combo shop turned into a help desk. So after my first four years in the military, um, I still needed to do four more reserve years. So I got out applied to be a help desk supervisor at a law firm because it was pretty much the same thing as my uh, military position. Ended up getting the job, took off from there. My reserve unit at the time um, essentially deployed us to Iraq. And as part of the pre-deployment training, that's where I learned all of the other, uh, the foundation for the IT skills that I have now. Fell in love with it. Okay. All right. So, 
um, being a cybersecurity specialist, being in the military. So what made you want to start Cover 6 Solutions? Um, What's the name of it? What, what was the name sure of thing, it? sure thing. So Cover 6 is a tribute to my time in the military. 12 o'clock, the front, 6 o'clock. Meaning like, I got your back, so I have the solutions to to cover your ASS, <laughs> so I to speak. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I always had this desire to have that flexibility of work, to be on my own, to challenge myself, to learn new things, and essentially treat life as it's as if it's a, a royal rumble. Meaning, I'm here in order for me to make it through this world. I need to figure out a way to take care of myself and, and be successful at it. Plus, I, I felt it gave me also the, the, the flexibility to help as many people as I can and to do whatever I wanted when I wanted. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, can you tell me a little bit, because you, you have um, two things I said on your website that you have, mm-hmm. uh, Summer Cyber Camp coming up, yeah. and you offer uh, cybersecurity courses. So uh, can you explain to my listeners about that? Yeah, so I, I feel like one of my primary missions is to help as many people as I can um, through education and cybersecurity. After having so many meetup meet groups, after you know taking a step back and seeing how I grew up and realizing that there may be a lot of people that may need help, may need assistance, but may not have uh, the proper means to make that happen, that's what I try to do. So any impoverished group or anyone in general that is looking to learn, looking to get a foundation in cybersecurity, I'm here to help you um, start that path. And in addition to that, we also have some intermediate classes. So even if you're already two to five years in, right, I, I still have some training that will allow you to feel comfortable at the job the moment you leave. So Saturday and Sunday, we would have class. By Monday morning, I feel like you would be ready to work. All right, cool. All right. So um, being that you started your own business, um, why did you start, I would say, why did you start the need for teaching and giving back and starting up the meetup organization? Um, if people don't know where meetup is an, app, is an app where people can meet up for anything, particularly you can meet up people for volleyball, mm-hmm. skating, working out. So what made you want to stop, start the meetup in cybersecurity? Well, in it, okay, so in all honesty, um, I was a, I believe I was a sales engineer at the time. And um, I was big into a protocol called IPv6, right? So that's another, Cover 6 is also another tribute to that. Okay. And I wanted to practice giving, um, so I wanted to challenge myself to learn the IPv6 protocol. And one of the ways I felt that I can challenge myself is to learn certain aspects of it and then be able to teach it. So if you can teach it, then you're pretty proficient. So if you take a look, you'll see that our very first few meetups were all about IPv6. So I realized that 
But over time, a lot of people weren't as interested as I thought they would be, right? And, you know, I was able to see the capabilities of it, so I felt like the whole world should know. Felt like I tried to tell the whole world, but then <laughs> I realized <laughs> that, you know, no one was listening, that still seems to be the way it is today. So we started switching it up. We started talking about um, different topics, and the group numbers started to grow um, you know, at an astounding rate. So we just kept doing that. And not only did we add extra topics, we started doing it twice a month instead of once a month. And I guess it was just at a time where the DMV, especially this area, needed a meetup group. And they didn't seem to have one that had a focus on cybersecurity. And we were the only ones and we just just blew up. <laughs> and, as, and then as I was giving presentations, right, people would ask me to assist on projects. Okay. And these projects got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then one day I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> you know, I tried it twice, starting the company. But, you know, if you already have a really good job, then you may not put 110% into the company. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what I had to do one day was just put in my two weeks notice and go for it. And it's oh, you just went, you just went all in. Yeah, I would not advise it, you know, especially <laughs> without funding or anything like that. But um, you know, I had a phone call one night. I think I, I won a contract the next day, pretty lucrative contract. And I just remember uh, being on the metro. It was mm. cold and it was wet. And, you know, on the Metro, you know, somebody's face is right here. <laughs> but you're, you're just trying not to look at them for nine stops. And I said, you know what? I just, maybe this ain't for me. And uh, it's been terrifyingly motivating ever since. Okay. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> I, I, I talk, a, talk a lot about it in my keynote. I think I shared that link with you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely gonna post that link because uh, when you did that keynote, that was a very, very powerful message. You know yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So, being a business owner, um, starting a company. So, how? I guess you always knew you want to have your own company. What was your layout like? You wasn't gonna do it until you got your first that big first contract, and from that big contract, how did you keep? getting more contracts. I so think- I, I think I just got lucky. And the, when I say big contract, to me, it was big because it was six months. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's about, good. That's yeah, it's about, it about six months. So I said, I have six months to get it together. But, um, you know, you're not well-versed at business development, networking, meeting people, you know, asking for things. Right, because you could be prideful, you know, at the business CEO level, right? Um, so there was a lot that I needed to learn, a lot that I needed to uh, to do in order to maintain a certain level of uh, proficiency with the business. And through relationships, through time, through trial and error, eventually. You know, you'll start to figure that out. 
And uh, like I said, I wouldn't recommend my path to uh, everyone, but the path worked for me. And uh, you end up learning a lot about yourself and you end up understanding that sometimes the reasons you may not have the things you want is because you're just not ready for them yet. And once you become ready, right, then you'll know what it takes to get them. And then also um, being able to, to challenge yourself and being and, and having that willingness to make mistakes and then mm-hmm. learn learn from those mistakes, no matter how you may feel afterwards. Um, because there's a lot of uh, inner emotions, like inner doubt that occurs. Like, do I belong? Should I be doing this? Do people even like me? Because I can assure you for two or three years, I didn't even start any classes because in my head I was thinking, who is gonna pay me to teach them something, <laughs> right? No right. one. So a lot of my friends had to convince me for a couple of years just to start my own workshop. And then finally, you know, there's a little light bulb that goes off to where you say to yourself, I'm Tyrone Wilson or whoever you, <laughs> you may be, right? Right. Eventually, you're going to say to yourself, I can do this, right? And I can, and, and I can, you know, teach my, and use my knowledge to help other people and then charge people for that knowledge because I have to eat, family has to eat, people in my company, you know, have to eat. So you just keep pushing. Right. So doing so, so talking about your company, how big is your company? How many employees do you have? Um, we're at about 12 total part-time, about six or seven almost full-time. Okay, cool. Right, so we're, we're not a large, you know, we're not thousands of people, we're not even in right. the hundreds, but just having the ability to talk to, you know, the team, you know, every week. So we got to do Zoom calls right now. But being able to get together, being able to to pivot like we do, work on different projects, whether it's the uh, vulnerability assessments, pen testing that we do on a regular basis to transitioning from that to creating these different levels of courses from intro to cyber workshops, SOC analyst prep workshop, the summer cyber camp, uh, which is one of my favorites for the entry level uh, high school students and early college to like, we even have an, a, a week long attack and defend course, which I think is, you know, just, a, it's a mix of the offensive and the defensive workshops Okay, that we create. And it's just, uh, just being able to pivot from, you know, having a company to still doing things with the meetup group. Right, so we're really two comp. We're really almost three companies, right? So it makes it. It's just amazing to see how far we've grown. Okay, and with that class you were just talking about, the one you defend the pretty much red team, blue team. Mm-hmm. Um, how when do y'all offer that class? 
I didn't see that up there. So we try to do it at least once a month. Um, so it's on. We're gonna bring. I'm gonna uh, make it live again today. Okay. And, and what it is, it's just uh, for five Tuesdays, three hours a week. We uh, get together and we learn blue team fundamentals, and it's based off of my experiences from my job. So I was a fusion cell team lead. I've done sock work from various levels of the military through different organizations like Department of Energy, the FBI, JTFGNO, which is now US Cybercom, okay. and also two deployments. So I've been in charge of network intrusions at the highest levels of, you know, DLG and <laughs> the, the government. So I want to be able to let everyone know that, you know, you can obtain those skills. Okay. Right? It's just going to take some work. And when, if somebody is attending those, uh, those courses or camps, especially that one you just referring to, Mm-hmm. What uh, type of equipment do they need? Can they just do it on an iPad? Do they need, definitely need a laptop? So this, is, this is a couple things that we offer. So we do offer a lab environment. So if you do not have a laptop that has the hard drive space, the processing power to install different virtual machines, we have a lab in the cloud. We give you a VPN configuration. You can VPN into it then you would just need to install, you know, some simple tools right there on your laptop. So just MAP, Wireshark, and a remote desktop tool is essentially all you would need to install to participate in the class. Everything else is up in the lab. There's vulnerable machines. There's secure machines. There's a Splunk instance. There's an instance of Security Onion. So everything that we're um, talking about in class, you have the five weeks in class to practice. And then in addition to that, we give you 30 days of lab time. So you can use those 30 days to do whatever you would like to do in that lab. If you want to practice exploiting machines, you can. You want to, you know. Cool. All right. So... Um, I get, I get, I'm a, a part-time professor at a community college here, in Orleans, and uh, I teach cybersecurity and cloud courses. And um, I always bring in people I know who work in the field, have their own business, and come talk to my students. And so, one of my first questions I always ask them during our uh, interview sessions is, how do you look for talent for your business or for your company? Um, and also, if somebody wants to start their own cybersecurity company, what advice would you give them? Ooh. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I know the question. For, for the company, you know, especially at this level, we're not necessarily concerned with putting butts in seats, right? Mm. So you want to work with people that you can trust, and you also want to work with people that believe in your movement and people that are hungry. Um, Obviously, that's not everyone, right? But there are some highly talented people out there that you would want on the team. Um, I feel like even getting into cybersecurity, you got to be real. And 
Okay. It means I tell the students, I'm, I'm totally honest with that. And I tell them cybersecurity may not be for you. Right? Okay. And that's understandable. Uh, if you're in this class, I feel like you're somewhat interested. But then my follow on question to that would be do you have a lab at home? Right? Have you researched anything and written about it? Do you know who the popular people are that are in the same, um, I wouldn't say same industry, but in the same roles that you're looking to get into? Right? I, I like to ask those questions because it gives me an idea of how hungry they really are to obtain this knowledge. I'll be like, who's your favorite person on YouTube that you follow? Right? What, what's your favorite blog that you follow on the internet? So that would give me an idea. If they say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And, uh, you know, that, that makes me think about that person's <laughs> level of, of passion for it. Um, and what was the follow-up question? Just want to make sure I get it. want to hit a lot of users or listeners on the podcast and you're interested in advertising on Lanyap Tech Podcasting, make sure you hit us up on info at lanyaptech.com. We'll give you nice pricing on advertisements, um, email blasts, whatever you need, social media presence, website design. If you're interested, hit us up on lanyaptech.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter at lanyaptech, Instagram at lanyaptech. Anything you need in technology services, we will provide. Um, I think the first question was, oh, can you, they can they start their own business? Yeah, what, what, what advice would you give somebody want to start their own cybersecurity firm? All right, this is what I would say. I would say find something that you're really good at, find something that you love doing, and find something that there's a demand for, right? So you're solving the problem. And um, don't take my approach. So my approach was, we're cover six solutions, right? We can do anything because we're a solutions company. Mm -hmm. But I would say, find your niche, become really good at that, and have it become something that people know you for. Okay. And then, once you get to a point where you can comfortably um, identify what your value is for one hour of your time, and you can consistently start charging for that one hour of time, then start a business, right? LLC, four or 500 bucks, you know, learn how to do your taxes, right? Yes, definitely. Read up. Read up. There's nothing wrong with starting a business right it's not gonna hurt you unless you mess up somewhere financially right uh, you don't even have to go 110 percent with it like i did it could just be something you do on the side for now if you want to get an idea for what that feels like do it I, I wouldn't hold anyone back as a matter of fact i would try to help anyone who ever tried to make that decision just let it be known it's not for everyone. 
people are going to judge you as soon as you tell them you own a business. Okay. Right? So carry yourself as if you are a corporation. Right? And everything, especially at the beginning, needs to be about the business. And I know it's really weird because I because I struggled with that. So I'm a 20 plus year infosec professional that wants to be an entrepreneur. So I want you to know who I am, but I don't want you in my business. Right. I, you I, know I, what I mean? So, and a lot of people struggle with that because they still want to keep the personal Instagram account, still want to keep the personal Facebook, TikTok. They want to be on all the personal social media accounts speaking about themselves and not realizing that that takes away from the business. Okay. So you have to decide, are you the business? Because in my case, Tyrone Wilson was the business name that like, people know Tyrone Wilson more than they know Cover 6 Solutions. And I'm steadily trying to push Cover 6 Solutions, but not many people know who that is until you start saying it and putting it out everywhere. And people, you know, essentially start to get annoyed mm-hmm. with, seeing, with seeing your logo. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to push, push past that, you know, it's... You think Nike cares how many times you see their logo? No, because you see it everywhere. Right? Right. Okay. So, you've been owning your company for, for a long time now. Um, have, what what was your biggest mistake and how did you come back from it? Um, wow. I would say my biggest mistake is... Uh, I'd say the complacency. Okay. Because there will be times where, you know, you're you're doing really well as a business or what you perceive as really well as a business. And sometimes you may have a few projects that you're focusing on because you really want to do well with the project, not realizing that it's taking away 75 to 90 percent of the resources from the business and because your focus is on this project or these few projects that you're on you forget about the business development aspect of things and you forget to ensure that you continually have these contracts coming right and if you forget to do that and you lose one of your biggest contracts or one of the biggest contracts ends and you can't sustain the level that you were at, then you end up taking a big hit. So <laughs> you never want to go through that again, right? And, and I think uh, the other thing is uh, believing in yourself at a subconscious level. Um, and it was really bad with me um, to a point where I had to go to a subconscious reprogramming class. Okay. Because I, for some reason, I required validation from my family that I was successful. Okay. All right. So sometimes success to, to them. So you have a, a vision of what you perceive as success. Like for me, I had a number in my head 
And I was like, once I hit that number, then I'm officially successful. And that's a lie, right? You're actually tearing yourself down because the longer you're not at that number, subconsciously you start to believe that you're never going to get there and that you're not successful at all. So I had to go through this subconscious reprogramming and not um, envision myself for where I wanted to go, but grade myself from where I started, right? So from where I started to where I am now, 7,500 people in meetup group, the largest cybersecurity meetup group in the country, haven't worked for anyone else in the last five or six years. So I've been able to sustain this lifestyle, been able to teach myself uh, all of these different aspects of technology. I'm on the review board of B-Sides Nova. I'm on the review board to bring cybersecurity to Howard University. I've taught at, uh, yeah, I, I, I've taught at all of the major B-Sides conferences, B-Sides Nova, B-Sides DC, uh, B-Sides Charm, I've traveled to teach at conferences. I've been a keynote speaker. So it's all about what you feel success is. So it's to a point where subconsciously now, I believe I'm successful. All right, cool. All right. So, um, uh, so you believe you're successful. When was that moment that you realized that Cup of Six Solutions was a successful entity? Um, you know what? I could get emotional, but uh, okay, it was at the keynote. So the way I prepared the slides was, I, you know, you have this cover information slide where you tell everyone who you are, mm -hmm. and then I spent a portion of the talk breaking myself down, and then I spent a portion of my of the talk bringing myself back up. So in the video, you can't see the slides, right? Mm -hmm. But during the talk, that very first information slide comes back up. And that information slide says, who is Tyrone Wilson? Right? And then uh, that's when it hit me. You know, I'm in the conference. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all these people. The slide comes up and it says, who is Tyrone Wilson? And then I, to myself, I ask myself that question. Who is Tyrone Wilson? And then the bullets start flying down. And I've never said it that passionately before, but I said, Tyrone Wilson is the founder and president of Cover Six Solutions, right? right. Tyrone Wilson is the organizer of the largest meetup group in the country, right? Tyrone Wilson is a father. Tyrone Wilson, you know, is the, you know, I was looking for my siblings. Tyrone Wilson is, you know, the sibling of, you know, eight siblings. Uh, there's a story about my siblings in there. Um, and then there was a couple more bullets. Tyrone Wilson is a college graduate. And then the very last bullet says, now Tyrone Wilson is a keynote speaker. That was my mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked off the stage. Well, they blurred it out, but I, I didn't say it so nicely. Okay. But, I got you. <laughs> but 
but I said it. They blinked yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. Again, man, that was, that was a great keynote speech. Thank you. Was, I loved it. Um, so being that we're in America and we have different views and we have to deal with different things. So being a man of color, has that ever affected your business? Have you been turned down? Um, people didn't know, didn't know you were African-American until you walked in. Uh, how do you deal with that? Because you, you also talk about that in the keynote speaker as well. Um, yeah, so anytime that I can give people that look like me the opportunity to see me and see that it is possible you know, to be on that stage, you know, to be, you know, in front of a group of people speaking, I want to give them that opportunity. So try to address all of your questions. I'm sure it, it may not have been obvious, but I'm sure that I may have, that I may have been turned down because of what I look like, who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be even my name, right? Um, but I see it as an opportunity to show people that um, they don't have to stereotype. There are people uh, that look like me that are technically proficient, that will do well for your company, right? That are worth something, right? So don't, again, don't try to lowball, right? Pay what you would normally pay. Um, but I feel like people need to see that. Are there bad people in the world, in every industry? Yes. Have I ran into situations at major conferences? Yes. Dumb things that you wish you didn't have to overlook or push through or fight through. Yes. It stinks going somewhere and being the only person of color. Like it's bad enough, you know, that it exists. And sometimes like you just want to go a full day where you don't have to remember that you're black, right? Like I really just, I just really want just one day (laughs) of that, you know, where I don't even have to take it in consideration. I can just be a person. and I can tell you that the meetups, I feel that way at the meetups. I feel that way like at a B-Sides Nova conference, right? Uh, I feel that because, you know, we'll have a table and a lot of my former students <clears throat> come to the table. Um, a lot of my meetup members will come to the table and then it just feels like family, right? Everyone that comes to say hello, and you know, we even bring out the margarita machine <laughs> towards, towards the end. So I need to go on a meetup. Yes. So <laughs> it makes it, you know, it makes it really fun and enjoyable. And you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist, especially with you know everything that's going on in the world. But I also try to tell people that you know these things are, are happening for a reason, especially what you're seeing on TV, right? And I just want people to, and and I know it can be difficult, I know you can be angry, but to somehow um, 
just take that emotion out of it. Think about what you're seeing. Think about who benefits the most by you seeing that, right? Who benefits by you being angry? Who benefits by you being emotional? Right? There's a reason that they're showing you things that happened four months ago or nine months ago or eight months ago. Right? There's a reason for that. So I try to focus on helping the folks that um, I can help as early as I can. And I try to remove as many instances of, I call it subconscious inferiority. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you don't want to walk around subconsciously thinking that someone else is superior to you. And you don't want to teach your kids that because your kids are going to grow up that way. Exactly. So <clears throat> I, 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 I try my best to focus on the task is at hand, which is helping people be as technically proficient as they possibly can. And then using that technical proficiency to improve a life, which means getting a better job, right? Being able to teach someone else, um, having a skill, improving your resume, being able to hire someone, becoming a manager. Um, that's what I try to focus on. I feel like if you can focus on that, then you have the ability to have a cure in lieu of just treating the symptom. Okay. That's good right there. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> being that you're a business owner, um, how is that work-life balance? Being <laughs> responsible for your employees, being responsible for your family, how do you walk that fine line? You know, it's funny you say that because I recently had some serious anxiety attacks. Okay. And I was hospitalized, you know, for it. I thought I, I thought I was a goner. You know, I thought it was the end. Not too many people know. Uh, I posted it real quick on Twitter. But when you're in the grind and you get used to the grind, you feel like that's just my regular grind, right? right. And people are like looking at you, asking you questions like, how do you even have that schedule, right? How are you able to do all this? And you say to yourself, I've been doing this for years. Like, this is my my regular life. As a matter of fact, I feel like there's some things that I haven't done, right? Right. You look at your task management tool, you're like, man, I still have all these things that I need to do. There's so much that I haven't accomplished yet. And COVID, the lockdown, was the best and the worst thing that ever happened. So it was the best thing because from sunup to sundown, you literally have nothing to do but focus on yourself at the business. So that's what I was doing. So a lot of business processes, websites, helping other people get started with their website. Um, I, had a, I had more podcasts. I was the guest speaker the most times I've ever had in my life. Um, the virtual meetups. So mm-hmm. the meetups were virtual. We're doing meetups instead of twice a month. We're doing them every week. Right? Okay. And then eventually, you know, all that, preparing for class, you know, I started getting this tightness in my chest and stuff. And I'm like, what is that? 
my fingers is numb in you know your body right and you're like this don't feel right you know and you try to fight it then every day you wake up any little scratch any little tingling in your foot any little ache in your body you think it's covid right do i have coronavirus so every day was like that and being in the military i was already uh diagnosed with ptsd and folks with ptsd handle anxiety a, a lot worse from what i was researching but even with the ptsd you really don't even feel like it's bad or you really don't feel like you're depressed at all until you take a look take a step back and you start to look at things and you're like man like i don't take my daughter out in public <laughs> you know mm. i don't do this i don't do that like i don't communicate with people regularly and then you're like wow i'm <laughs> i'm depressed <laughs> or i have i have ptsd and you think that it's just your life you think it's normal until you till you look at it and do a little bit of research and you're like no this is this is not normal right you shouldn't be saying no to the speaking engagements right you shouldn't be saying no to this networking event or to this group event because that's going to affect your life may have a negative impact on your life right but uh you know after that it actually helped me a lot because I started taking time out for myself. So in the mornings, I go work out. Even if it's just go for a 2-mile walk, 3-mile walk. Um, I started getting my my Apple Watch back together and setting my activity, try to close those loops every day. Yep. Um, get another app. I hear. Yeah, where I'm <laughs> where I'm tracking what I'm eating every day and you know, having a a, a really good diet and even meditation right transcendental meditation started meditating started knocking out those tasks started um communicating with family and it ended up taking a lot of that stress away and then I just started incorporating that into my daily life and I tell you I probably never felt better unless it was a uh, deployment where I was working out every day twice a day anyway <laughs> but <laughs> cuz I had nothing else to do <clears throat> but uh yeah it's been the best worst best thing that ever happened <laughs> great so uh, so do you feel that what bought bought it all was cuz you was working too hard like you was taking on too many tasks trying to handle everything at once I think it was a mix of everything. Okay. You know, the worry, the stress, the work, um, the fact that your brain is thinking about these things constantly. So it's like a there's like a something that's there that's taking away, you know, brain cells. Mm. You're you're acquiring some mental space just to even think about it. Right? And the fact that it's there it's still weighing on you. And between that and 
the stress of possibly dying every day again. You know, I spent two deployments thinking about dying, right? And now I'm thinking about dying every day again to where you're afraid to even go outside for a walk. Okay. Anytime you have a little shortness of breath, you're like, man, I think this is, you know, between that, the working from sunup to sundown, like I would literally, if I can breathe, then I'm possibly, there's a big chance that I'm at my computer, either working on documentation, working on something in a lab, or working on trying to improve something. And then it just got to me. You know, you hate to admit it. You don't mm-hmm. want to. You don't want to sound soft, right? Big military guy, two deployments. You know, you carry weapons every day. You don't want to be soft. You don't know who's shooting at me. Right now, it's just my own brain that's uh, adding that extra work, keeping me down. But you know, eventually, I had to fight through that. Focus on things that. I can change. If I can't change it, let it go. Uh, I feel like I've always been that way. It's probably why I don't have any grays right now. <laughs> Forty-three, no grays. <laughs> I don't think. Let me let me knock on. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so since you're a cybersecurity firm and you're the you're the head person in charge, so what do you do? Like, how do you structure your business? Like, you pretty much do the vision, you do the day to day. You have somebody that needs you to do the day to day operations. How do you? How does your business operate? Wow. Um, so I, I feel like right now we're at a point where. We focus on things that I want to do. <laughs> okay. Right? We focus on things that I feel comfortable doing. And we do things that I want to be known for as a business. And we uh, we treat it, I don't want to say we treat it like a marketing strategy, but we treat it, we treat everything we do um, with a lot of care. So. For instance, if we were going to announce another class, we don't just announce a date and time for another class all willy-nilly, right? Like we put a lot of, probably too much, but we put a lot of focus on the dates and the times and how everyone's going to feel about that. And are we ready? If not, what do we need to get ready? What are we missing? How can we make it better? Um, Not to mention, we still have engagements that we participate in you know every month so we need to focus on those and making clients happy or keeping the clients that we had during COVID um, making sure they're happy and what we can do better still doing the business development I guess so much uh, we use a tool like Asana Not we, we, I try to stay product yeah. agnostic but I actually got to a point where I cleaned out my inbox. <laughs> oh, really? All right. <laughs> believe, it, believe it or not, believe it or not, I actually took everything out of my inbox, but it was in Asana. And I think that was one of the things that broke me down, <clears throat> was the fact that 
And I think I even tweeted about it. So it was like, yes, I'm so organized now because I have everything in my task and management, task and project management program. But then you take a step back and you take a look at the tasks that you have in your task management program. And you're like, wow, I have so many things that I have to do. But as long as it's in there, you have the ability to just start knocking things out, assigning tasks. And it's just great for everyone else's um, mental state because they know what their focus is and they have an idea what you're focusing on. It just helps. It helps everyone, right? Okay. I got and, and believe you me, like the inbox is not empty now. right like just this almost 50 minute conversation it's just i could see the numbers (laughs) bing bing bing, i understand yeah yeah but it's Um, great though it's great so when you are conducting vulnerable assessments or providing cybersecurity for organizations like how do you how do your teams go about conducting it like what are the tools you utilize, if you, if you could talk about it. Sure thing, so we have different levels, level one, two, three, and we're, we're actually gonna be uh, announcing uh, a level that's a little bit lower than level one. And we call that continuous monitoring. So if you just wanna know what your network infrastructure looks like from um, a passive, attack perspective, we can do that for you. And then we can monitor it for you for a full year. And then that's without us using any tools or anything. I mean, any um, active tools. So we're just gathering information. And based on the information we gathered, these are all of the issues that we found. So there's about 19 things that we test for, for compliance, um, <clears throat> web security, blah, blah, blah. If anyone wants a uh, further explanation, I can. And then we have the level one assessments where we use um, vulnerability assessment tools, pro versions though, of either Qualys or Nessus or Burp Suite Pro if you have a website to do um, a vulnerability assessment on your organization. If you wanted to take it a step further, Right. If you want us to do some probing and some testing, we can with our level two, with the level three. If you want just the full on pen test, social engineering, test firewalls, test your ability to detect um, exploits, we could do that as well. And then, of course, you know, the training is my thing. So if you need some cybersecurity awareness training for your execs, for your management team, for your security, network security team. We could do all that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so since you're a cybersecurity mm-hmm. <laughs> firm, what was the worst thing you ever had to deal with for a client? Like what was the worst situation that you had to resolve? Um, you know what? We were, we had a small bank one time and we had to explain why 
what we were doing, shut down all of their ATM machines. <laughs> okay. And uh, leave it a, so it was us, but it was just a bad configuration on their part mm-hmm. because their ATM machines were attached to the same switch as their internal network. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. So yeah. the switch switch went down. Okay. Drake testing. So yes, our initial scans kind of took the switch down. It should not have, but <laughs> you should have had your <laughs> ATM machines on the same switch. So yeah, just off the top of my head, it's probably the worst. <laughs> All right. Most of them are just pretty straightforward, though. Pretty straightforward. Okay. Nothing break. I'm not going to say it never happens, but there's a 95% chance that nothing's going to break. Okay. And do y'all do, like, the full uh, cybersecurity, full... If they sweep, we, can like, do, we can do whatever you want. You need, me to, you need me to come on site? I can't. Do you need me to put a little blue devil sticker underneath the CEO's keyboard? I could do that. <laughs> okay. So y'all do all the basic, like I can, I can go disguise the people and- You want, yeah, you want us to write a check. You want us to get into your systems. Okay. Find a signature, write ourselves a check with that signature. You could do that. Okay. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know people. I mean, I, I, I have some, some skills. But you get it done. All right, cool. That's what's up. So if um if a student wanted to get more um more training diverse, what certifications do you recommend? Because um, it is, it is. Um in, in all honesty, I used to say like if you want to get into cybersecurity and have a career in cybersecurity, then the security plus certification is a good start and it's not because it's a great cert or anything like that it's just especially in our area there's a lot of government contracts Mm -hmm. and in order to be to work on a government contract there's a a minimum oftentimes there's a minimum IAT IAM level one cert that you need to get and most likely the security plus is going to fall in that graph. But, you know, as I mentioned, it goes back to what you enjoy, what you love doing, and what there's a need for. So the questions that I like to ask is, do you want to be hands-on or do you want to be managerial? Do you want to focus on hardware or software? Do you want to be offensive or defensive? All right, I get an answer for all those questions. Do you like to code? Do you like to build websites? Um, and then I ask them, what are they already doing? What are you doing right now at home in their spare time? Nothing? Okay, well then, this may not be for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. You tell me, like, you do nothing? You just want to start from scratch right now? I can help you. But you're going to need to develop a little bit of passion for it first. I feel like your job is to be good at your job. Right? Um, 
but there are some beginner uh, videos out there like uh, Professor Messer on YouTube, the entire A plus, network plus, security plus training videos are right there on YouTube. Um, the Cyber Mentor has a 15 hour, uh, what is that, a basic pen testing course. Okay. Um, Who's that? You got Cyber YouTube. Mentor? The Cyber Mentor. Okay. Cover, cover six solutions. We have a ton of videos on our YouTube channel. Um, and what else? Iron Geek. What Iron Geek does is he records a lot of the B-Sides conferences. So a lot of the talks from those conferences are recorded. So if you were to go to irongeek.com, I think they may have changed the URL. I don't want to give the wrong URL, but irongeek.com. Um, sorry, Adrian, if I messed that up. But a lot of the talks, nope, they're there. <clears throat> you say irongeek.com? Yeah, irongeek.com. Yeah, okay. So if you don't want to get into just straight hacking, you can go and use just this site alone to see who's speaking about things that you may be interested in. Okay. And they go back years and years and years. So um, I know that oftentimes a person just doesn't know where to start. But they may not know what they like. So what I try to do, um, and as a matter of fact, our next class starts in two days, our intro to cyber class, um, Saturday and Sunday. Just try to give them a taste of, sorry, as many things as I can from passive recon to offensive aspects, defensive aspects, in that Wireshark, SimTools, Security Onion, um, analyzing traffic, wireless, Eventually, <clears throat> something's gonna make them say, hey, I really, really like this thing, right? No matter what it is. Like if you just wanna focus on wireless security and hacking into Wi-Fi, you can do that. <clears throat> and then you can make that your thing. You can start a company doing it. Okay. Um, so just being able to uh, introduce as many aspects of tech and cybersecurity and information security, offensive security as I can in the short amount of time that I have, I'll do that. Um, and then also this weekend's class, we're also incorporating a, um, a career track. So we're actually gonna use our task and management platform. <clears throat> gonna have a, gonna have, not only will you come to class, we're going to have a conversation with you. We're going to figure out what you want to do for your career. We're going to set tasks and goals and milestones. And we're going to track it in Asana. And we're going to be on you to make sure you stick with it. Okay. And a free resume service, too. Oh, okay. Um, All right. So it, our this class is our uh, intro to cyber class. And we just really want to set a good foundation for everyone that comes to the class. Okay. And I kind of got a couple questions for you. Um, what languages should people concentrate more on? Um, is it Linux, <clears throat> Python, Java, what should? 
should be when you start so, so to get technical with almost all of the tools you, you use will have its own language will have its own syntax so even on your computer the windows command line has excuse me a certain syntax that it uses powershell has a syntax that it uses uh wireshark capture filters wireshark display filters linux um cali linux metasploit um not necessarily burp suite but um splunk using the the search functions in splunk uh powershell empire powersploit like they all have a language or a syntax that you need to learn and that's not even getting into coding languages like bash and python and go and java right <clears throat> and even the uh in Ruby, because a lot of exploits are written in Ruby. So the way I look at it is uh, a baby, baby takes 10, 11 months to talk. It's gonna take you um, about that time for you to be proficient in a coding language. <clears throat> okay. But I would try to be aware of them all. Right? I wouldn't say you need to be really, well, it's gonna help to be really good at them all but just to be aware of them all. And okay. don't, don't panic when you see a Python script. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Okay. Um, well, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate yeah, no you. Uh, it took us a while <laughs> for our schedules to mesh. Um, mm -hmm. um, can you keep, please give the people your social media handles so they can reach out to the uh, websites, everything you want. Uh, sure thing. Um, I'm, Pretty big on Twitter, so Ty Wilson, twenty one, on Twitter for me personally. That's that will pretty much get you everything for me personally on um, social media. The company Cover Six Solutions, so CoverSixSolutions.com or at Cover Six Solutions. That is the number six. Um, the Meetup Group. We're also on um, the web, so Meetup.com slash DC Cyber Warriors to get you the meetup group. But essentially, if you go to CoverSixSolutions.com, it will lead you to everything else. Yeah, I got it over on the, I got it over right now. I got the, this is the okay. meetup he was referring to right here. You can see you got 7,500 members. Yeah, so it's meetup.com slash, so the, that's our company portal, but it's slash DC Cyber Warriors. Oh, DC Cyber Warriors, okay. Mm -hmm. And our next our next meetup is uh, June 11th. It's actually going to be a capture the flag event. All right. And this is your Cover Six Solutions website. Yes. Um, this is the training he's referring to over here. Intro to a Cyber Workshop. Yes, you can learn all about our different training offerings. Um, that one is this weekend. I believe what what's going to happen is we're going to have. The one this weekend, so I think we only have the two offerings right now. It's just the one this weekend, and then the summer cyber camp in July. We will announce another SOC analyst prep workshop and an attack and defend workshop in July. But what's happening is I'm taking the month of June off to okay. go after my OSCP. So sorry, <laughs> if the, sorry if you wanted a class in June. 
Um, there will be no June classes, but we're starting up again in July. All right. All right, Mr. Wilson, I appreciate your time. Mm -hmm. My subscribers enjoyed all your information you've given us. Enjoy the rest of the day. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning no in. No problem. Thank Subscribe. you all. All right, any last words? Hey, you can do this, right? You do belong in this industry. You can be whatever you want in this industry. Um, trust me, I'm living proof of that, and I will help you be whatever you want to be. So I look forward to contributing to and hearing all about your future success. So those are my parting words. All right, thank you. All right, y'all, you enjoy the rest of your day or evening whenever you listen to this. All right, we out. All right. Peace. This is Jared from the Lanyon Legends Podcast. Please check us out on all social media outlets at Lanyon underscore legends on Instagram, at Lanyon Legends at Twitter, at Lanyon Legends on Facebook. Uh, hit us up on all outlets. See y'all next time. Thank you for tuning in for the podcast. What's going on, y'all? It's Jared from Lanyard Tech from the Lanyard Legends Podcast. Today, this is our 50th episode, and on the show, I'm bringing you all TJ, the host of the State of the Saints Podcast. If you are who that nation, you know about him. We love him. And so hope you enjoyed this new episode, 50th episode of the Lanyard Legends Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, so no further delay. Let's go!